0: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of The Game Pit, this is another one of our Essen Briefs and my name's Sean, here's Ronan.
1: Hey how you doing, as you've got from last episode if you heard it, we are putting out a series of brief reports from our reporters who are at Essen because I wasn't able to make it and our more in-depth coverage is going to be down the road when I've had a chance to play some more of the games and so is Sean and joining us this time round is the fantastic Nathan. Hey Nathan!
2: Hey Ronan, hey Sean, how are you guys? Wonderful. Hey Nathan!
1: Everything good with you?
2: Everything is great with me.
1: Fantastic. You enjoy Essen?
2: I did indeed. I'm quite sad to be back.
1: Well, I'm going to make you <laughs> play games with me for the next two weeks and then we'll, we'll get you back in a happy place. <laughs> cool. We're going to look forward to hearing all your thoughts shortly on Essen Spiel 2014.
0: And of course, we are very proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go to the Dice Tower Network for the very best in gaming podcasts. You can also catch us at 2d6.org with a whole host of gaming goodness. So, Nathan, you accompanied your lovely wife, Terry, to Essen this year. What were your general impressions of it? How did you find it from last year to this year? And what did you get up to?
2: This year was our second time going and so for me personally it was so much better than last year but mainly because i had the experience and i was able to prepare a bit better it seemed like this year was quite good for meeting people and knowing what games were coming out i think we had the time to do a bit of preparation and we pretty much tried everything before we bought it and we were just able to meet some people from the dice tower and just see lots of our friends that were there from london on board as well even though there's like thousands and thousands of people there, we were just bumping into our, our gaming friends that were there, and it was, it was pretty cool.
1: As with Terry, she said that you guys did loads of research beforehand, but with a fair as big as Essen, there's always a chance for a surprise. Nathan, what was your best surprise of the show?
2: My best surprise was a game that I had actually researched quite a lot and decided that I wouldn't want to get it. It was Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I'm a big fan of Suburbia, which is also by Ted Allsbach. And I think Castles of Mad King Ludwig is based on that. It's the same number of players, one to four, about the same amount of time, 90 minutes. Only instead of building a city, this one is building a castle. And all of these comparisons I made when researching it, which was why I was expecting it to be quite similar. when it's your turn, you set the price of all of the rooms, and people will pay you for the room that they want. And so you're trying to figure out just how much money you can extract from someone. Also, that's the only way that you get money. I wasn't expecting to buy it, and I wasn't expecting to even get the chance to try it. But a table opened up, and we did it. And I found that I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was building a castle. I didn't feel at all like I was playing Suburbia or a Suburbia clone and my evil dungeon that I constructed and the first time I played, I, I did feel like I was some sort of mad evil genius building a castle where I was going to torture people and, and lock them
1: away and, I think, and I think be an evil I think we need mastermind. to cut you off from that line of talk.
0: <laughs> so, sorry?
1: So I think we need to cut you off from that line of talk. Family show, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> So moving not moving swiftly on to the first question. <laughs> I actually completely agree with you, Nathan. It was one of my surprise finds of Essen as well, and we ended up buying it. But the one thing that stood out for me in terms of the design of it was it was lacking any finesse. The pieces were all really small. There was no real sort of beauty to the game. What do you feel about that? I did
2: actually like the artwork of the route. But I would be the first one to say, I think it could have been a bit, almost more cartoony. For example, in Suburbia and other games, you have the tiles that are very clear. This, I think they tried to be a bit more elaborate, and it may have made the tiles a bit noisy. But I felt that showing what the bonuses were was quite easy to pick up. I thought it was okay.
1: Yeah, I think the built castles actually look quite pretty and quite interesting. Different geometric shapes and the colours. What was your issue, Sean?
0: Just with the scoreboard and where you pick draw your tiles for, it's just grey, well okay, I understand it's supposed to be a castle, but the tiles themselves the the little icons were tiny, you had those tiny little hundred square meter rooms, which everything was just microscopic on them. I just wanted it to pop out from the table a little more. I do agree when you do finish and you have seven eight, nine ten rooms in your castle. But definitely then, it does look quite nice once it's all made up.
1: I agree with the grey bits on the board. I think,
0: obviously, price
2: probably had something to do with it. It would have been nicer to have much bigger, brighter tiles. But I was, I was very happy with it and bought it as soon as we finished playing it.
1: Going on from functionality into the actual rules, There is a rule which I thought really stood out like a sore thumb. And it's that you get a bonus if you happen to have in your castle any rooms which match the size of a stack which has run out. So if there's none left in the stock at the end of the game and you've built one, you get a bonus for them. I think that there's random already in the scoring with the bonus cards. They can be kind of hit and miss. I got one where I scored for having all different sizes of rooms. And one size room never came out in the whole game. So that was impossible. Is there too much random chance in the game?
2: I would say no, because if you build the sleeping rooms, the blue rooms, and you complete one, the bonus for that is you get to choose what tiles go into the market. In my game, I needed circle rooms, and so I would complete a sleeping room and then pop two circle ones on the market, and that way you can burn through those stacks. Additionally, you mentioned the issue of just pulling bonus cards that you may have already completed. I think that's a problem in a lot of games. Ticket to Ride, you know, you might have already completed the route. Clash of Cultures, you may have completed the technologies it's after. Takenoko, you may have put down some tiles in the right way. You know, I think that's a general issue with hidden bonus cards that you're always going to
0: have.
1: I'm kind um, of quite bitter as well, because Sean scored a rake of points of them, and I didn't.
0: Okay, so you've said your biggest surprise was obviously the castles of Mad King Ludwig. What was your biggest disappointment of the show, Nathan?
2: Obviously, it was that my favourite host from the game pit was not at Essen. But I have a feeling you're talking about Ouch. games.
0: I'm, yeah, I would saw me.
2: <laughs> I put Subdivision down for this one. I was expecting to come away with Subdivision and not get Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Played the Castles game, bought it straight away. When we were buying it, we were like, should we buy Subdivision as well? And then a table opened up and we were like, okay, let's play Subdivision first. And it's a 1-4 player drafting and tile laying game. By It's a different designer. It was a Lucas Hedgren. It was about 45 minutes long, and at the end of it, I decided to not buy it, based on how it played. You're drafting these tiles. You've got sort of your city subdivision, I guess. You place a tile, and it doesn't do anything, but then you place another tile next to the one that you've already placed, and the one that you previously placed will get a bonus, and they will do certain things and various things that give you points. And the main issue that I had with it was that, so the drafting was disappointing because there were only five different types of tiles to pass around, and you had a hand of five tiles, and it just made it quite boring. And at the end of the game, I sort of realised that I'd never looked at Terry's board once. I've been playing my own game, it was massively solitaire, and it didn't feel like there was that much you could do. Yeah, I think we just felt meh afterwards, (laughs) Um, it didn't do much for us.
1: You felt so meh. you're winding down talking about the game. It's draining. I know your and,
2: and and I was I was genuinely really excited and I went there with money set aside for that game.
1: You said that you thought Castles of Mad King Ludwig looked like Suburbia, but this one was deliberately made to look like Suburbia. It's given a similar name, it was given a completely similar artwork. Did it feel at all like playing Suburbia a game that we know that you really like?
2: No it did not in any way whatsoever. At the end of the game you look down and you think ha, huh, that looks like suburbia. That was it. With suburbia, all of the tiles feel quite thematic. You know, the school gives you points in a certain way or the restaurant gives you money, unless you build another restaurant, in which case it reduces that money because you've got competition. Whereas this didn't really feel like you were building a city or you were populating a district within that city at all. It did just feel like a solitaire puzzle.
0: Like you, Nathan, I went over to Essen fully expecting to pick this game up but i got to the table and as you've already touched upon all the players who were playtesting this game were just sitting down glum looking at their own boards and there was just absolutely no sign of player interaction at all do you think in general it's a big mistake for this type of game or do you think that maybe this game just isn't for you but others might enjoy it
2: I think that there'll be a limited number of people that like it because even with a lot of games that are sort of multiplayer solitaire with those games and I have many of them I still find that I'm looking at the other player's board it might become more of a race but it just it was completely solitaire as you said you just didn't even need to look at the other person's You're making um, it sound board.
1: thrilling Nathan I'm jumping into the top of my list
2: maybe I would be tempted to get it on my phone if they had some sort of app where i could just build it and see how many points i could get
1: i'm almost yeah. certain it's coming to an itunes store near you sometime soon
2: yeah i'll wait for it to be free in the sale <laughs> <I'm sorry>.
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> they got their money view you out of castle's in ludwig anyway they can move on going they on did. to something they a bit did. more positive off the games you saw at essen which game do you think deserves a wider release
2: dragon run was my one that i put down for this this one's by bruno katala and ludovic barb and it's a really simple two to five player push your luck game basically you're a bunch of adventurers that have gone in woken the dragon and the dragon is enraged and you're running away and trying to loot the place as you go on your way out but also stab the other players in the back and try and get them to bear the brunt of the dragon's attack on the way out we heard it compared to ink and gold before going in, but I wouldn't say it's that simple and it does feel very different. You each have a character that will have some sort of special power and then you've got a central stack where you're flipping cars to see how far you can go running past the dragon and you can get treasure along the way. And we had a lot of fun with it.
0: I think one of the main reasons for this not getting a sort of bigger release is that it's just only in French, isn't it? So do you think it was a mistake not to print this game in multiple languages for that BS and release? Do you think that Blue Orange have dropped the ball in not this? From
2: what I can gather, most people are not French speakers there. The language of the convention, well, the languages are English and German. And so it seemed a bit bizarre that they wouldn't print it in German or English or even make it a language independent game. It's not that complicated a game. They could have easily made it language independent and used some icons instead of descriptive text. You know, if I'm playing with friends and it's quite a casual game, I'm very hesitant to bring out a game in a foreign language that they have to then look something up. I'd rather it look like an English game that they can think, ooh. I could go buy this rather than it being a weird game that their slightly strange, nerdy gamer friends play. In terms of dropping the ball, they definitely did because I would have paid 20 euros to them for that game had it been in English or language independent.
1: It's a game which relies upon humour as part of its appeal. It's not ever really easy to put off on a board game. Did they manage to pull that off though this time around with Dragon Man?
2: I think so. I mean it's not laugh out loud type humor, but it's more presented in a light-hearted way, a bit like the artwork of Small World. In Dragon Run it was very light-hearted artwork as well, and the powers that people had, some of them were quite interesting and quite funny, you know, it was the, the more silly it was like steal from your opponent or mess someone over a little bit. And the thing that I thought was the funniest was your player character, if they were wounded, you flipped them up. And if the wounded character on the other side, rather than being covered in blood and guts, they just had like a green face and looked like they're about to throw up everywhere, which is quite (laughs) funny. I was like, you know, (laughs) turn them over and it just looks like they've had sort of food points.
1: Moving on. We've had dungeons and vomit so far from Nathan. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Let's try and clean it up,
0: Nathan. What game do you think you need to play more before you make that final decision on it?
2: If you wanted it to be a little bit more appealing, it's probably the wrong game, because Legendary Encounters, an alien deck-building game, was the one that I would pick for this, which involved lots of nasty aliens bursting out of people's chests. It's a one-to-five-player deck-building game. It says on the box, 45 minutes, but I'm pretty sure that's a lie. I think it's more like an hour to an hour and a half, and it's set in the world of Alien, Aliens, Alien 3, and Alien Resurrection. We played it working together and we played through the first film and it really did feel like the film. I really enjoyed the way the story set up and how you're going through your deck trying to fight the aliens, recruit more people into your crew so that you can do a bit more damage on them. The aliens get progressively harder and things happen and the goals that you have to achieve match the course that they take in the film when trying to defeat them. And So it was always quite funny. It's like, oh, we're going into the air ducts. I'm a big fan of the film, so I know who dies in the air ducts. I'm thinking, oh, this will probably be bad. Someone's going to die. And several of our team did die, and it was quite funny. One person had a chest burster come out, and they died because of that. We did manage to win. I loved it. The theme fit that game perfectly.
1: This is obviously a reaffirmation of the Legendary system which they brought in with Marvel Legendary. Have they made any improvements in terms of what the changes have made to the system? And much more importantly... Is this one quicker to set up than the Marvel version?
2: I've not played the original, but I love Villains. They stuck with the roll-up mouse mat that they had in Villains, which is good. The setup does take quite a long time still, and I think it actually might be a little bit more because the deck has to be a bit more precise as to where the goals come in. Our friend Paul that set it up, he said it actually took longer to set up than the game was to
1: <laughs> That's today. not good. That's an moment.
2: I think that was a bit of an exaggeration, but it, it is a bit fiddly. It doesn't take that long to take down if you're like Paul and you just scoop up all the cards and throw them in a box. That might affect setup on the next time as well. I think it was better than villains because it felt more story driven. I think the Marvel ones, it's more like you're just all there having a fight. But this was much more story driven. There was like, oh no, we have this goal. We have to do this. Stop the aliens. We've got to stop them coming in and taking us out.
0: So, Nathan, you've kind of said that you liked both of them, but do you think this game is going to appeal to your die-hard Marvel legendary fans, or is it more likely to attract Alien fans over? Is there enough in this game that's similar to make it appealing and enjoyable to both factions?
2: I think if you enjoy the theme of Aliens, then you will love the game, because it really did capture it. I don't feel like we spent an hour and a half playing a deck-building game, I feel like we were trapped in an mode with a whole bunch of aliens trying to kill us, and some of us managed to survive. And so I think if you do like the Alien films, then you will love it. If you enjoy the Legendary game just for the game, then you may enjoy it. But I'm not sure there's that many people that do. I think people that like Marvel Legendary like it because they like the Marvel comic book characters. They might like both, in which case they'll like both games. But I think if you're not really a fan of the
1: theme, You may not like the game. Yeah, cool. I think I can agree with that. Actually, I like Marvel Legendary. I enjoy the game a lot. And I've got no interest in playing villains. I've got some weird thing that I never want to play villains in games. As the Legendary games come out, it's all going to be about the theme, whether I can be bothered getting them or not. So Alien, I'm kind of on the fence. I quite like the theme. Seems to have done interesting things with it. So I'm with you there on that, mate. The last question for us from this Essen brief is, if you could only keep one game from Essen 2014, what would it be? I put
2: initially Kemet, which was actually an older game, a two to five player war game from Matago. I really enjoyed playing it. And whenever it's my birthday or Christmas, it seems to be sold out. So I never get it. And I saw it there at a bit of a bargain price. I thought, I don't think you get it much cheaper than that. So I was like, I'll hoik that. And that's probably the one that I was most pleased with because I think oh, the others I can get any time. But this one I actually have struggled to find.
0: So, I get it, and I completely agree, probably one of my best purchases in Essen was actually Suburbia, which we've already talked a lot about. Can't get it in this country at all, so I picked it up, I was well chuffed with that. But, Nathan, I'm going to push you out of the Essen releases from this year. What would you have chosen? I think either
2: Castles of Mad King Ludwig or Imperial Settlers, which I also enjoyed.
1: You said the chemicals was your best purchase. How much of the appeal of Essen to you is about that? Not just going around looking at new releases, but finding bargains, finding games that are harder to get over here. Looking at the secondhand stalls, some of the other aspects that maybe get drowned out by all the buzz surrounding the newer releases. Because there's loads of stalls there, there's loads of games on offer. You can get great, great bargains on games.
2: I think I'm half and half. I love just shopping for games, and I wish we had more game stores in this country that you could just browse and look around and then you go to Essen Ah, you've got like 20 or 30 that are just game stalls where you can just go browse and they have everything and I absolutely love it. I would say that there is quite a lot of appeal for me in finding the bargains or ones that are more difficult to get and I think the last thing I bought at this Essen, I saw a copy of Vikings, which is a game that I really enjoy and only discovered quite recently and I think it was €35, which seems a lot cheaper than a lot of the places that have it here in England.
1: That's pretty much around think, half price as opposed to it's £50 pounds over here. I've seen it in shops. I so. know.
2: And I was like, is that real? But it was. And I think there are many games that you can just find randomly that people have. I got from Matago, they're still got just any of their stock that they have kicking around on their older games they have there as well. and So it is a good place to find games that you've Maybe missed, but play later and think, oh, that's great. You kind of missed a boat, but Essen is a good time to catch
1: up on those ones. Yeah, it's like wandering into a big, huge Santa's Grotto for gamers. Nathan, thank you so much for your thoughts on Essen 2014 and joining us in this Essen Brief.
2: Thank you very much for having me. It was a lot of fun, and Essen was a lot of fun as well.
0: So, there we have another one of our and briefs. Thank you so much to Nathan for joining us. Okay. Bye, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Play lots of games.
1: Thank you, Nathan. Cheers for your thoughts, man. <laughs> Join us next time for another one of our Essen briefs with one of our guest reporters. You can catch all our episodes at 2d6.org. You can catch us at dicetowernetwork.com along with the best in gaming podcasts. If you want to email us, we are at thegamepitpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at game pit podcast follow us on board game geek we've got a guild over there please let us know your thoughts let us know about these briefs tell us what you think about rs and coverage and the podcast in general thank you very much for listening music by e aaron